0: Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM.
1: Father, we thank you for this wonderful opportunity to share your word. Oh, we bless your name. You are good. You're awesome. And Father, I thank you as we... Um, Speak your word, not only to these ministers, but to believers. I I thank you that you'll bring understanding. I pray that we will all understand what it means to be a minister. And that, Lord, I thank you that we will sense the weight of it and the gravity of the call of God, um, not only for these four who are being licensed licensed today, but Father, for just the call of, of a believer to proclaim your gospel to a lost and dying generation. And Father, we thank you. God, I ask for supernatural utterance that I may boldly make known the mysteries of the gospel. I thank you for seizing my words with grace. May they be filled with grace. May they minister healing and deliverance and and, and understanding to your people. We give your name, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 (coughs) Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So today I'm going to share um, the Christian ministry, a letter to the ministers of Kingdom Living Ministries. (laughs) I had to check the title. (laughs) Um, God is good. Amen. 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 So we're we're going to see what the Lord does here. Thank you, Father. I uh, I went to a funeral. Um, uh, My aunt. Um, And and so we were able to um, celebrate her life and just made me realize that life is short. We don't have a lot of time, you know, so just just to be mindful that we're one heartbeat away from eternity. One day we're going to die. You know, I know people want to live forever, but we're going to die We're we're when we wake up each morning. We're one day closer to to meet to meet our maker. And so think about that and let that weigh on your heart. Um, eternity w- awaits for all of us. And we make a decision whether we're going to spend eternity with God or without him. And you think about Jesus is the only relationship that you can take into eternity. You know, all the other relationships, you know, in high school, you, you wanted to be uh, perhaps you didn't. But perhaps you were like me who wanted to be part of the clique. And not understanding that, you know, where are those people now <laughs> and you can't take any relationship with you, but with God through his son, Jesus. Um, so let's talk about ministry. What is ministry? Ministry is spelled W.R.K. <laughs> it is spelled work. Um, ministry is messy because people are messy. We, we have a sinful nature because of our forefather, Ab- um, Adam, <laughs> and we receive the nature of, of the enemy uh, when, when we were born into this world. If you don't believe in the sin nature, just have a baby and look at that sin nature at work. <laughs> at a young age, sin begins to work and um, the baby is selfish. It, it, you know, I want to be changed, clean me. All of a sudden, I mean, that's just and, you know, hey, I want you to go do this. No, no, no. That's the sin nature at work. Um, we are we're not inherently good. We're evil um, just because of our sin nature. But Jesus came to deliver us from our sin, Amen. from sins. You know, I love Matthew prophecies. He says that his name should be called Jesus. Emmanuel, for God is with us, for he shall save his people from their sins. Amen. So that's good news. Amen. 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 So ministry is messy. It is um, um, work. Um, It it, the title doesn't mean anything. I mean, I can tell you where my ordination paper is and and my license paper. It's in like a little box or something because it really doesn't mean anything, you know. I mean, it does. I mean, y'all go like, I came here for nothing, (laughs) but (laughs) but I have an echo. Um, But it's it, it doesn't. I mean. When you think about it, if you're not already doing it, then you just got the title on the paper. So um, these four, they've already been doing it (laughs) for years. (laughs) Um, And and so it's just not, you know, uh, titles are titles, you know. And and, but we we don't want to we don't want to we make the title. The title doesn't make us. So our identity is not in our title. One day I will be Doctor Reverend Doctor Dwayne, <laughs> but but guess what? That doesn't make me. That's right. You know um, the, the the degrees. You think about you you may I have three degrees. I want to get two two or three more or something like that. But you think about it, it's just a degree. Think about God as three hundred and sixty degrees. So you have a degree. You know, so that's not really a lot. <laughs> um, same thing with, with with papers. It's just you know. It's understanding that the calling is from God. Amen. It's God who calls us. But it's man who recognizes. And when I say man, I'm talking about humanity recognizes um, the calling that God has. Thank you. That has give has placed upon our lives. So don't boast in that which will fade away. Don't boast in the recognition, but boast in the God who called you. And the wonderful gospel. Um, Let's go to Ephesians chapter four. Thank you. Ephesians chapter four. The Christian ministry. So if I was writing a letter to the ministers of KLM, um, I'm going to um, I would write this in my letter. Ephesians chapter four. Let's look at some scriptures. Ephesians chapter four, verse um, verses 11 through 13. And it says he and he gave. How many of y'all need Bibles? We have some Bibles in the back and you can actually take them home. If you need a Bible, raise your hand. And, oh, y'all got your Bibles because you got the lecture electronic, right? <laughs> OK. Um, Ephesians chapter four, verse 11. And he gave talking about Christ. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds. King James says the pastors and teachers. Let's stop there. This is known in some circles as the fivefold ministry, and, and, and God, Christ, when He ascended on high, He spread out these ministry gifts. He sovereignly chose us or part of us to be in the fivefold ministry, and so this this ministry g- gifts, you know, just some, today you see a lot of people who have the title apostle, right? But they might have two people. <laughs> Uh, what is an apostle? Apostle is a sent one, and usually apostle goes to an area that has never heard the gospel. So you got all these fake pro- apostles around here. One guy, he was like, "God called me to be an apostle, prophet, and evangelist." Oh, a ape, right? <laughs> um, you know that that's foolishness. Um, um, You'll see this ministry now. Now, of course, you have the original apostles and, and they're in a the rank by themselves. OK, and their names are written as on the foundation of the New Jerusalem. So that, that that's not available for us. <laughs> but but then you have um, there's about 25 apostles mentioned throughout the New Testament. Y'all didn't know that, right? You Got to read your Bible. Uh, um, the apostles today, there are apostles today. Not with usually people who are really apostles don't have that title. okay? Um, but they're really missionaries because they go into an area and they set up works and they have within them the ability to go and pack to evangelize. So they evangelize a group of people. We have some friends that we met recently who are in um, Australia who's who's ministering to um, areas where they've never heard the name of Jesus. And they're in the um, in the in the boonies, if I can say that of uh, in Australia and they're proclaiming the gospel and they're going to start a church in in two, two or three months. And so they they are evangelizing and then they're pastoring. So an apostle has the ability to evangelize and then to um, pastor a group of people. And then eventually what happens with the apostle after they set up the work, they appoint an elder or a pastor to oversee it. Then they go on to another area. So that that's so the apostles that you see, um, perhaps on television or on the Internet, um, they really, you know, it just means that they got people under. But a true apostle is a sent one to usually to an area that has never heard the gospel. How many know there's still some uh, um, some people who have never been reached with the gospel, who's never heard the gospel in this world? Because Jesus said when this gospel is preached to all the world, then the end will come. So when we get the gospel out, then Jesus is going to come back. (laughs) Uh, So he's waiting on us. So let's bring the king back. Amen. Amen. Let's bring him back by proclaiming the gospel. And people, people are being born all the time. So we get a new group of people to proclaim the gospel. Amen. And so so let's let's not be selfish. God doesn't anoint us so that we can have a title, but he anoints us for the world. Amen. Yep, if you want to see miracles, go to the streets, Hallelujah. go to the prisons. I remember one time I was like about 23. I went into I was ministering to um, some inmates and uh, one guy was deaf in his ear. He got shot behind his ear and, um, and I laid hands on him and God popped open his ear. So miracles are not necessary for the church, but they're actually a, a dinner bell for the, the loss advertisement that come and see the, the God who can save your soul. So the, the, so, so the gifts of the Spirit are not just so, so that we can prophesy to one another, so that we can reach the loss. Amen. Luke chapter 4 says, the Spirit of the Lord is Jesus is quoting from Isaiah, for the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to proclaim the gospel to the poor. And it goes on. So the anointing is not for us to say that we're anointed, but for the loss. So as you prepare for licensing, it's for the loss. Amen. It's not for just an opportunity to preach, even though I let y'all preach all the time. (laughs) Uh, Y'all just preached for the last, what, six, seven weeks. They preached for July and August while I taught the children's church. Children's church is is, is a lot of work. (laughs) How many children workers do we have? (laughs) Oh, just only one. Shame on you. Go back to your church and, and, and volunteer. First, get the background check. Right. <laughs> we don't want everybody working with children. Come on, because we got some crazy people. And as a pastor, we will go crazy. We will be in jail. We'll have a prison ministry. You mess with children. Right. Come on. Come on. Shake your head. Fake it till you make it. Right. All right. So so you want to volunteer, volunteer in your youth ministry, volunteer in your church. Just don't attend church, but get a part, get get engrafted in the life of the church. Amen. Too many people, too many believers are sitting down doing nothing. God is not going to anoint you to sit down. He's going to anoint you to. I mean, I started as a usher, as, as a preteen, my black and white. I was ushering at the, my AME church, faithful, loving every moment of it. Who knew that God was calling me to be a senior pastor one day? So you got to start somewhere. Amen. People are like, I just don't know my purpose. Well, do something. Just do something. Don't 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 sit back and wait and and let God. I never waited for an opportunity to preach in in somebody's church. I would go on the streets. I went to Camden often with my youth pastor. Every Saturday, rain, snow and sleep. We were preaching the gospel. We were passing out food and passing out clothes. I didn't wait for anybody. And then in the midst of me working, God called me to the ministry. How many know that God doesn't call people who sit down and do nothing? (laughs) <laughs> you got to be doing something. He, just like David, he was working, he was tending a sheep as he was faithful with his in another man's field. God called him to his own. Yeah. I, I'm convinced that if he wasn't working for his father, natural father, Father God would never have called him. And, and if you look at first Timothy, chapter three and Titus, chapter one, it, it, it's, it's, it's very practical. Uh, the qualification of an elder or, or overseer. It, you're doing something naturally. Um, God is looking for busy people. Amen. If you're not doing anything, He's not looking for you. Amen. So begin, uh, even as before. Before I became a youth pastor, before I became a senior pastor, I was um, working at a hospital as a transporter. I was witnessing, witnessing to my co-workers. Um, I would pull them in the hallway in a little staircase, praying for them to receive Christ and praying for them to speak in tongues. And doctors would walk by. I did that. And I prayed for one lady who was on dialysis, one of my patients, and the Lord kicked her kidney in. <laughs> I'm telling you, it, it's, it's available to us. Yes, it is. And, but if you don't ever open your mouth... God won't use you. God is waiting on us to open our mouths to proclaim. Amen. I double dog dare you to pray for the sick and watch Jesus do it. Pray and minister to the lost and to the poor and to the downtrodden. God will begin to move. Amen. Oh, you know, we sing, the, I give myself away. And God says, OK, give yourself away. We just sing songs. Not me. And the the Bible says every idle word that we speak, even in the songs, we're going to be held accountable for. Man, so you got to. So don't just sing. I give myself away. Don't sing it if you don't believe it. I love you, Jesus. Okay, you love him. then you obey him? You fulfill his will and and you seek his face. So if you love him, it's going to show up in your life. Amen. Amen. It's not just a uh, see blue bluebirds love the Lord. <laughs> it, it, it's it's the, the functional love for Jesus. It's not the the the, the surface love of Jesus. It, it's, it's your heart is in it and your life is lined up with it. Amen. Yes. That's the type of person that God can use as a minister. Amen. Amen. Thank you. So, so these these ministry gifts, the apostles and the prophets, prophets today don't necessarily call themselves prophets. Come on. Uh, we have a lot of fake prophets of false prophets uh, proclaiming in the name of the Lord. But there's some bona fide prophets today who's not afraid to stand up and speak the word of the Lord, even to President Donald Trump. Come on. Come on um, don't tell me you are prophet or prophetess and you're not proclaiming the truth and calling men and women to repentance. All right, let me just leave that alone. And then you got the evangelist. Um, so many times people come say, I'm evangelist, so-and-so. If you're really evangelist, then you'll fill your church up with a bunch of lost people. <laughs> and Sometimes people want to, they call themselves evangelists, but have you noticed that they go from church to church to church? <laughs> Who are you evangelizing? The saved? <laughs> uh, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> so if you're an evangelist, and notice in the book of Acts, Philip the evangelist went to Samaria and preached Christ. <laughs> Amen. So, so, so if you're an evangelist, you're going to be preaching Christ uh-huh. to the lost. And then you have the shepherds or the pastors. And then you have the teachers. All right. And then verse 12 says to equip the saints for the work of the ministry and so forth. Let's go to First Corinthians chapter 12. First Corinthians chapter 12. The Christian ministry, the Christian ministry. I think I, I'm afraid that today we we are uh, we have we have um, glamorized ministry. What is ministry? Right. Uh, We we have titles and and we we get together. But ministry really doesn't. Ministry first starts at home. Amen. It starts living your life before your family. Amen. If your family can attest to the fact that you are a true Christian. I mean, it's easy to to put on a front for other people. But at home is the real deal. And when you get married. The real you comes out, right? <laughs> okay, First um, Corinthians chapter 12, um, let's look at verse 28. It says, and God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping and administrating and various kinds of tongues or diverse kinds of tongues. And so here are some more ministry gifts. Um, some are repeated from Ephesians 4, but Paul has kind of given us, there's what's called the ministry of helps. If you're a youth pastor, a youth leader, you, or you're part of the praise and worship team, you're in the ministry of helps. You're helping to create um, um, the environment you, um, for the Lord to move. You're, you're ministering to children. That's the ministry of helps. How many know that we're all called to help? <laughs> and if you're not a pastor, you're called to help your pastor. Amen. And how many know that if the Holy Spirit could be called a helper, then it's not uh, we're not you're not looked down upon because you are a helper. You're in the ministry of helps. Amen. A wife is a helper, help make. So so you so there's nothing wrong. See, even God is a help, prison help in a time of trouble. Amen. So so don't ever downplay the ministry of helps. Amen. All right. So that was my intro. (laughs) (laughs) Ministry is work. Ministry is about people. People are not distractions. They're the reason why you're called. Amen. Sometimes as pastors, we can stay in our study and we're in the book, but we're not. We don't have the heartbeat of God. It's with the people. You have to learn to balance between studying and praying with people there. So when you get your first marriage situation, you got to sit and you got to listen with wisdom, learning how to respond from the word of God. This is why you read Genesis to Revelation. So you cannot just only speak your opinion, but you can speak from the word of God. Don't ever say, even if you feel like God is telling you something about a person, be very careful about telling people what the Lord told you about Phil oh, I feel called that I feel that you're called to the ministry and then they go into the ministry and all hell breaks loose and say well you said I was called wow. so you let a person discover and hear the voice of God for themselves don't ever take that weight don't ever tell a person oh you need to get a divorce or you need to bury that person because when all hell breaks loose you'll be responsible for them so don't ever say that. Say, "Well, here's the word of God. Here's what the word of God says." Go, go to some professional counseling or do some Christian counseling or something. But don't ever lead a person. Um, don't ever make a decision for a person. Help them to make the right decision. Provide godly counsel. Amen. That has saved my life. Um, even if you feel like there is, you know, they're going down the wrong direction. Or, or they can't. Perhaps if a person is like, oh, they can't really they don't have a call. I, I, I remember I, I can't say that. All right. So, yeah, just be careful <laughs> of what what you say, because you will be held accountable for every word that you say. James chapter three says the teacher receives the greater judgment. So the words of your mouth carry weight because you're speaking for God. So if you're just saying something generalizing, generalizing, you're gonna be held accountable for that. You can offend a person and they'll never receive from you ever again. Even though you have the answer they've been looking for. So, so begin to um, seek the Lord for wisdom. All right, that's I'm almost finished, I think. Um, go to Mark chapter two. Mark chapter two. Are you getting anything out of this this morning? Mark chapter two, the Christian ministry. Mark chapter 2, let's look at verse 13. It says, and he, talking about Jesus, went up into a mountain and called to him those whom he desired. And they came to him. Verse 14, and he appointed 12 whom he also named apostles so that they may be with him and he might send them out to preach. Notice my first point is that they may be with him. Your first anointing or your first ministry is to him. Amen. Um, You have been anointed to be with him. This is Mark chapter 2, verse 13 and 14. Okay. Mark chapter 2. Okay. Mark chapter 3. I'm sorry. All right. Bear with me. (laughs) Love me in the midst of my delusion. (laughs) Uh, Mark chapter (laughs) 3. And they were like, no, that's not it. Rome. Um, Verse 13 and 14 says, he went up on the mountain and called to him those whom he desired. And they came to him and he appointed 12 whom he also named apostles so that they may be with him and he might send them out to preach. Notice we're called to be with him. Everybody say, "I'm I'm anointed to be with Jesus. So your first ministry is to him. Notice that most people that I know want ministry to people more than they want ministry to him. Amen. Amen. Acts chapter 13 talks about certain prophets and teachers who minister to the Lord. King James says. And so we need to spend time in ministering to the Lord. Um, Jeannie Wilkinson, who was a mighty prayer warrior back in the day, she, she, she wrote this. She says, um, Lord, please let my private prayer life be greater than my public prayer life. Uh, we, how many know you need to pray that? Yes. God, help me to pray more in private than in public. Help me to worship you more in private. You notice most people who complain about praise and worship at their church, it's because they're not spending any time with God by themselves throughout the week. So they're missing that. So we need to have an hour of worship. Well, have you been doing an hour of worship every day? Because whether or not the praise team sing for an hour or 15 minutes, you're okay because you've been spending time with him. Amen. So your first ministry is to him. Your ministry to people stand or fall based on your time with him. Amen. Most, most, let's say some people minister out of survival Uh mode. They don't minister out of the overflow, Uh Uh the overflow. We we're we're giving God the leftovers Uh instead of giving him the first. And so let him fill you up to overflowing and then minister to people. So refuse to minister to people when you're on E unless it's emergency. (laughs) Amen. All right. Um, Only. Only you can be with only then you can be with people after out of your overflow. So let's my last scripture, I believe is. Well, I lied um almost last go go with me to 2nd Timothy 2nd Timothy 2nd Timothy chapter 2 let's we'll start with verse 1 when you got to say i got it <laughs> amen the christian minister ministry a letter to the ministers of kingdom living ministries uh, so my first point was you know i talked about what ministry is is work as people um it, it, it's, it's understanding the heart of God. Um, Paul told Timothy in Philippians, he says, um, "I, I couldn't find anybody, anybody who didn't have their own interests at in mind, except for Timothy." Um, he says Timothy has the entrance, interests of Jesus. Uh, let, let's go over there. You don't believe me? Um, I think I do a disservice by quoting that. Let's go to Philippians real quick. Hold your spot and. Um, Second Timothy, chapter two. Let's go to Philippians. It's of the book of Ephesians. Philippians chapter. Let's go. Let's look at. Um, here we go. Which, which chapter? Two. Chapter two, verse 19. It says, I hope in the Lord Jesus Christ to send Timothy to you soon so that I, too, may cheer Be cheered by the news of you, for I have no one like him who will be generally concerned for your welfare, for they all seek their own interests and not those of Jesus Christ. Uh, What what are the interests of Jesus Christ? People, people. Um, Hebrews chapter 13 says, uh, chapter 12 says, for the joy that was set before Jesus. And guess who are the joy? We are the joy. So Jesus is concerned about people. That's what ministry is about. Yeah. People. Yeah. So you got to think people. Um, am I really um, anointed to minister to people? Do I have the right motives? All right. So the interest of Jesus Christ. OK, let's go to, back to Second Timothy chapter two. Let's look at verse one. I'm reading out of ESV. It says "Youth, then my child be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Notice this, that grace must be your strength in ministry. Grace, Um, whatever you do, you must do from a place called grace. Um, So what is grace? You know, most people have, um, grace is multifaceted word, a dimension word. Um, Yes, it's unmerited favor. But as a teenager, I found out in my Strong's Concordance, (laughs) That grace means the divine influence upon one's heart and the reflection of that influence in one's life. So when grace comes on the scene, um, grace affects your heart, what affects your life. See, some people use grace as an opportunity to sin, but that's not grace. That's something else. Um, There's a lot of people preaching a false grace, a grace that says you can live any kind of way that you want to live and God will forgive you. Um, A grace that says that you don't have to repent as a believer. That's a lie. Um, As a Christian, you live in a constant state of repentance. Um, um, The more you grow in your faith, the more you realize how much more you need him. Right. So grace is the divine influence. So Paul is telling Timothy to be strengthened with that influence. Let the weight of God's glory weigh on your heart. And so it can show up in your life yes. for, for by grace, you are saved yes. and um, not of works. lest any man boast. So grace will produce the works that Jesus is pleased with. Yes. We're not saved by works, but we're saved to works. Yes. Amen. Yes. And so grace will produce the God glorifying works that Jesus glory um, gets glory out of. Yes. Amen. So be strengthened with the grace of God. Let grace be your strength as you minister. So minister from a place called grace. Don't ever look down on a person. Don't ever think that they are beneath you. or Don't ever think that the gospel is not able to reach them. Amen? Don't underestimate the power of the gospel. Amen? The gospel can reach anybody. Amen. <laughs> and, you know, my, my time of witnessing, um, I, I try to witness everywhere I go. And I realize sometimes you think a person is easy to win to Christ. Um, and then you, you, you sometimes you think a person is hard to win, to win to Christ. But don't, we're underestimating grace and we underestimate the power of the gospel. It's able to reach anybody. If it could reach Paul, who was a murderer, um, who, 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 who came against Christ. It can reach us. It can reach the drug dealer, the prostitute or the person who's never did anything that they think that is offensive to God. Amen. It can reach Donald Trump. Amen. So that's why you need to pray for him. Well, I don't want to pray. Well, realizing it's grace. Right. That can change him. The Bible says in Proverbs, it says that the Lord takes the king, the heart of the king, and he turns it which way that he desires it. And we're called to pray even when we don't like a person because when we pray, things happen and God is able to transform a life through prayer. OK, so my first point underneath Second Timothy, chapter two, verse one, is that grace must be your strength when you minister. And you got to rely, rely on grace. Um, uh, let's go to the next part. Number two, it says what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men who will be able to also to teach others. Let's look at this. Number, second point is to observe godly men and women for the purpose of following them as they follow Christ. You're not called to be an island by yourself. You're called to observe the men and women through whether through church history or present tense. Observe men and women who are faithful to the gospel. Amen? Amen. So he says, observe me. And then my third point is to disciple others that will disciple others. Amen? (laughs) So the goal is, let me disciple you so you can turn around and disciple somebody else. Amen. That's how you pass the gospel along. I think sometimes we're just selfish. We, we, we don't disciple. We don't, you know, see, discipleship will mess up your lifestyle because <laughs> you got to be available to answer the questions that you might not even know. Well, how do we know that the Bible is real? OK, who wrote the Bible? A man wrote the Bible. You're absolutely right. God used men to write the Bible. <laughs> um, um, the Bible was written over, um, over a period of 16, um, 1,600 years. Um, been able to uh, uh, to defend the faith and answer those questions. How do you know God is real? And, and so forth. And the Bible says, be ready to um, answer the hope that you possess Amen. at all times. And so so you want to disciple someone who will disciple someone who will disciple someone who would disciple. That's how the legacy of the gospel continues. So disciple others that will disciple others. OK, let's look at the next one. Verse um, three, to share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. So, my letter, part of my letter, is to share in the suffering, share in the persecutions of the gospel. Don't be afraid to be hated. If they hated the master, they'll hate the, hate the followers. Amen. Amen. Those that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. So that's part of the promise. That's part of the package of a believer is to suffer. Perhaps your parents, perhaps your relatives may not enjoy your Christ like life. Amen. So suffer as a good soldier. Don't complain about the suffering, but embrace it. It's part of my cross. It's part of of this ministry that God has called me for. Paul says death is working in me in order for life to be produced in the followers. Yes. So perhaps you have to study and pray and fast and and go to the prisons and 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 and, and counsel the the um, crazy husband or the crazy wife and and and, and just. Being there and having ministering ears when you want to be home studying and praying and sleep or whatever the case may be, or looking at power or whatever you like to look at. Um, and, and it's like, on, you know, on a specific night that you're watching your television show, there's a need and you have to go to the hospital and you have to be there. Perhaps someone dies and you have to be there and not say anything because you don't need to say anything. You just need to be present. So when you get those calls, which you will, don't pull out your phone. No, it's not time for social media. It's time to be present with those who are in need. Um, The Bible says to to weep with those who are weeping. So sometimes you just get down there and you cry with them. That's ministry. Amen. Um, And then there's when they're rejoicing, you rejoice with them. That's ministry, man. Let's look at number five. Um, it says, um, verse four says, no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits, since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. So let's look at my my fifth point: is don't get sh- distracted with the world. My wife says it all the time: we love this life too much. <laughs> um, God wants to interrupt our Comfortable life. If you're comfortable, perhaps you're not following the Jesus of the Bible. He will call you and bid you to die. Dietrich says, come. He calls a man to follow him to death. The Holy Spirit will lead you down that road that he led and empowered our master down that road. So don't get distracted with the world. It's the call of ministry. It's a call to be in the army of the Lord, even when other things are pulled. So everything that you do, do in light of your calling. Well, what about your family? Live your life as a family in light of your calling. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Um, some people like to separate calling from family. But when God calls a man or a woman, he calls the family, too. Right. Amen. So it's not just like me and Jesus and my ministry. I, I know people who says, well, I, it's my ministry. My child is messing up my ministry. Well, you don't really have a ministry. Yeah, that's right. You have what you think is a ministry. Amen. So don't get distracted with the world. Um, Paul goes on and says, aim to please the one who called you. So check your motives. Why do you preach? Why do you say what you say? Why do you do what you do? You most of the things, the rewards that you'll receive will be not on this life. So you may never see the fruit of your labor in this life, but you labor for eternity. Yes. Amen. Yes. One day somebody says, thank you for witnessing to me. Thank you. You caused a change reaction of the gospel in my family. You have to think that way. Thank you. They're not going to always say thank you. It's going to be times that you like, I invested all this time and they walked away. But how many know that God's word never returns into a void? Amen. Amen. So you got to believe that that seed is working when it, when it doesn't look like it's working. Amen. Let's go to the next part. Almost finished, I think. <laughs> it says, um, verse five, an athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. I put down be biblical in all that you do. If you're not biblical, then what do you have? Right. What do you what are you going to say? My opinion, I think you should do. No, Jesus thinks you should do. (laughs) All right. um, Let's go to the next one. It says verse six. It is it is the hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Um, I put down this for number eight. Um, Eat your words first. You eat your words first. In other words, don't preach what you haven't preached. See, sometimes people preach and then try to practice. But I say practice and then preach it. Prove it out. You got a revelation? Prove it out in your life. Because if it's not working in your life, it's not going to work in the people that you minister to. Eat your words first. (laughs) Amen. How many of we need to eat the word first? We were the first partakers of this revelation, this understanding, this this knowledge of the word. If it's not working for you, then don't preach it. Amen. Um, Number nine, um, number seven in the verse, it says, think over what I say for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. I love this part. It says, um, in other words, meditate the word first. You can't understand the word without meditation. That's That's a lost art. In today's society, in today's church, we don't like to meditate because meditate requires time. (laughs) And and, and so, if we're just reading through the scriptures, (laughs) I read the Bible, but didn't understand anything. Uh, You gotta take time to meditate. So, if you don't know the original languages, which I I, I assume that you don't, right? The Hebrew and Greek and stuff, then you get multiple translations. it wasn't just written in King James. Don't live by King James alone. <laughs> you got ESV, you got uh, all kinds of NIV and different ones, legitimate translations. <laughs> so you get and you meditate over that scripture and all that passage over and over. In other words, you you ponder it, you toss it over in your mind. Um, you, you, you speak it out. You, you perhaps you get you record yourself on your smartphone and you listen to it at night. Uh, So that you can meditate. It can be part. So Paul is telling Timothy to think over what I say for the Lord will give you understanding. That means that that's work to think. We have a lot of lazy thinkers in our society. We don't like to think. How many know God? The Lord Jesus said this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind. mind." So you got to think if you're not a thinker, you don't need to be in ministry. Um, My dad used to say, I just, you know, pray a lot. And he says, don't leave your mind at the altar. Uh, Think about what you're praying about. Um, Think about what passage that you're reading it, uh, reading at the time. Uh, We have to be thinkers. God's calling us to be um, biblical theologians. We need to think. And so my side note is. Invest in your calling. If you really call, some type of schooling. Unless the Lord tells you otherwise. Sometimes our society, our culture, I'm called and you just go do the work. Jesus prepared 30 years for a three-year ministry. We prepared three years for a 30-year ministry. Invest money, time, and effort. It may not be a, I mean, degrees perhaps, or perhaps just some type of trade. Do something. If you're really called, invest in it. Because you're only going to get out of your calling what you invest in. And so sometimes what I've seen people I'm called, I'm anointed, God wants me to start this church. Okay, don't do it now, go to school. Uh, uh, Do count the costs. If you're really called, you'll count the calls. You'll do what, it, we won't go to a doctor who hasn't been to school. And he's doing something natural for our body how much more than the souls of men and women. We won't take the time to think and, 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 and to invest money, time, energy to, to operate on someone's heart, spiritually. So you're called, invest in your calling. You're only going to get out of your calling and you invest in... Paul told Timothy to um, practice these things so that those who listen, you can save yourself and those who will follow you. You got to invest in this calling. If you really call and you really believe you call... So many times people, the Lord called me to preach. Okay? What are you doing about it? I feel called. (laughs) My dogs feel called. (laughs) Right. So. So if you're called, what Lord, what's my next step? What do I need to do? God is never in a hurry. So if it takes you if you die in seminary, you're doing the will of God. I went to school, Bible college, and there were 65 year olds, 85 year olds going to school. They said, you're, you're blessed because you came at 19. I just showed up later. But I'm still blessed. I just showed up later. Yes. So it doesn't matter. Age is nothing but a number. That's right. There's 65 years. I'll never forget this lady. She was 85. A youth pastor. And she could, I mean, she was and the kids loved her. She went to school, went to the same school I went to and the kids would follow her. And they said a 40 year old man can catch up with her. She's preaching and ministering to these kids. So God called you to ministry. He expects you to do something with it. When he comes, will he find the fruit of your of your calling? Amen. Amen. I think sometimes we just I I call and we go. No, you need to prepare. Prepare to go. Amen. 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 How many know somebody who just went (laughs) and they didn't prepare for it? Um, Usually what happens is whatever church you are a part of when you felt called to go is you just going to reproduce that. But if you go prepare, you'll get exposed to other, other things. Yeah. It's like, wait, there's a bigger world than my little church. Yeah. And your church could have been like 20,000 members. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And you find out, wow, there's people, Augustine and different ones, and you're pulling, you're like, oh my goodness, oh man, this is crazy. And you're introduced to a whole other world. Yeah. And realizing you're not alone. Amen. So that's a little side note. That wasn't even part of my notes. Mm-hmm. If you really feel called, think about investing. If it's just a class or two or a seminar, do something. If some people are like, I'm going to be self-taught. I don't want to get messed up. Well, you probably already messed up. Right? So you need somebody to unmess you right? up. Um, so so it, it, you got to think about that. I'm called that I need to do something. I need to do something. Corresponding class. Now they got seminary for free. You can go to school for free. You know, it just depends. Well, I just don't want the degree. OK, you don't have to get the degree, but do some studying because <laughs> school makes you accountable. Yeah. Amen. All right. That's a note. That's a that's free. <laughs> All right. My last portion of this is Second Timothy, chapter two, verse 15. It's the study. Yeah. Um, I think some ministers, they just they don't study. And if you don't study, you don't have nothing for the people. I got a revelation. OK, um, study some more, because as you study, you realize, I don't know. I, I, I think we're going to start doing this. Um, ministers of KLM, we're going to do um, maybe perhaps what well, we will is preparation together. Uh, where you take a passage and say somebody's preaching, cleave you up preaching. We are all um, look at the same passage and, and we're going to give you what we think. Based on our understanding. How many know that that's, that's fruitful? Because you do it anyway with commentaries. It's just dead people. <laughs> right? So you're getting sources. Let me go see what Charles Spurgeon said. Okay. <laughs> so you just got somebody living. And so you think about together this passage. Well, you're not sitting Sitting. Right. It's just like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Right? They, they're saying the same story, but from different angles. Amen. So a lot nowadays it's, it's, it's called team um, preparation for the sermon. How I many know that's, that's that's fruitfulness? And I didn't realize this, but I've been doing this for years with my wife. It's like, what do you think about this passage? No, I think it means this, and we get in a debate. But it helps me become a better preacher. Amen. All right. Um, my last point is this: is to do the works of Jesus. My last scripture is John chapter fourteen. John chapter fourteen. Verses 12 through 14. It says, truly, truly, I say unto you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do because I am going to the father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do that the father may be glorified in the son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. All right. Let's. So we're called to do the works of Jesus and greater. So what are the works of Jesus? I'm glad you asked. Um. Teaching, preaching and healing. That's the works of Jesus. Everywhere he went, he taught, he preached and he healed. So that's what you're supposed to do. Teach, preach and heal. Preaching, teaching aims for the head. Preaching aims for the heart. Healing mentally, emotionally, physically. You're called to do that. So you do the works of Jesus by teaching, preaching and healing whether it's formal or informal, that's what God has called
0: you to do. Amen. That concludes this week's message and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Grand Cocos, New Jersey. 08073 and lastly if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of god daily in your life by your obedience to his word god bless you